Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, University of Oxford, and Kantar, the marketing insights and consulting company. In each episode, we'll have a frank discussion with industry experts to help brands and business leaders navigate the changing landscape of marketing and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. I'm Julie Coleman, Chief Research Officer for Kantar. I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean of Research at the Said Business School. So our topic... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today is a discussion around the marketing skills from 1990 versus the marketing skills 2020. Do we think things have really changed? You know, there's a lot of buzz in the marketing press these days around the fact that, you know, oh, the skills the marketers need today are fundamentally different, completely different um, from what they were 10 years ago, 15 years ago, or 20 years ago. Well, is that actually really true? Have the skills fundamentally changed, or have they just evolved and moved on a bit from where they were in the past? So today we have um, with us on the podcast our guest, Mark Visser, who is the Senior Partner and Global Practice Lead from Kantar Consulting for the Organizational Excellence Practice. So Mark was a key contributor and author of the Marketing 2020 and Insights 2020 Organizational Excellence Frameworks, which some of you may have seen the um, Harvard Business Review articles on each of those over the course of the last few years. Um, so clearly our resident expert in the area of marketing skills and, or- and marketing organizational um, transformation and development. A thought around this is everything's being disrupted. Uh, you know, technology and new platforms are you know everywhere and and uh, surrounding us in our day to day lives. And therefore, the marketing function and the skill sets and and the approach to doing marketing must therefore be fundamentally changed. However, Mark, um, what has stayed the same? Yeah. So so I think the fundamentals of marketing are staying the same. Look at the fundamentals being around doing proper segmentation, proper positioning, uh, having an understanding of your consumers, having great insights, being able to translate it into convincing solutions and, and convincing creative uh, and doing some proper performance management. I, I think that hasn't changed. But if you then look around in what marketing really does today, 
then I think it fundamentally changes from, from 20 to 30 years ago. And it's presenting a whole new set of, of challenges when it comes down to individual skills and when it comes down to organizational capabilities. And if you look at probably the most fundamental change being the ability to measure, monitor, and adjust your content solutions to individual consumers, which was virtually impossible 30 years ago, I think that probably brought the biggest shift in, in what marketing is doing and what's required of marketeers. I think the foundations and the fundamentals have stayed the same in terms of the principles and the theories behind marketing. I mean, if you can talk a little bit about, you know, what are the kind of the foundational principles and how do you think those have evolved as opposed to the individual um, digital skills, for example? So I think one thing, because we are talking about competencies, even if the fundamentals uh, have stayed the same. The question is a little bit, if you look at the typical marketing population of a marketing department, how equipped they are even to do the fundamentals. So when I started out in marketing, which was probably around the 90s, a marketing department typically consists of for 80% out of sort of a generic marketing profile, assistant brand managers, brand managers, marketing managers, with very few specialists. If there would be any specialists, they might be around market research, or maybe around media, but that was about it. If you look into a marketing organization today, I think you will find very few journalists in the sense of, of people having an end-to-end -end responsibility for a brand uh, and for solutions. And you see an increasing amount of specialists, which also means that the background of people that are falling into the marketing function are much more varied than they used to be 30 years ago. I think now you will find people with uh, communications and IT, uh, design and mathematics. I think the background of people fundamentally changed. So the need even to, to train within companies on those marketing fundamentals and to make people aware what marketing is really about, its fundamentals, is probably bigger than ever. At the same time, where I think they probably have evolved most is especially on what's possible in both the areas of segmentation as well as providing personalized solutions and personalized content around the consumer journey. So I think in those two areas, um, I think there's a massive increase of possibilities both to learn about consumers, to personalize solutions to consumers, as well as to talk to them in a much more personalized way. But Mark, do you, do you think there's somewhat of a tension then between, you know, you talk about now it's being about specialization uh, and focus on very particular parts of delivering um, and executing on a marketing strategy. But, you know, is that not then in tension with the, the need to also have a more general perspective so that you understand, you know, how your part of the puzzle, so to speak, fits in with everything else? Motivated people want to make sure they're doing something what matters to the company. So I think you probably need to address both those points. I think on the one hand, each company probably needs to find a way to codify their way of doing marketing, their way of developing solutions, their way of addressing consumers. And that's probably something the entire marketing organization needs to understand. So everybody also understands where their contribution, their piece of the puzzle fits in. So what you often see is that the more successful, the overperforming companies, as we've seen from our studies, they found a way to codify their way of doing marketing and to translate and disseminate it across their total marketing population. At the same time, I think in organizations increasingly moving to more agile ways of working, in organizations with an increasing number of specialists, uh, with more and more uh, of the resource actually being spent on the activation part, <clears throat> there is a need to offer very, very detailed training and learning around very specific uh, skill sets. So my sense would be 
rather than a dilemma, you probably do need to address both. On the one hand, you need to provide your version of what, what does marketing in my organization look like? What is our common language of how we grow brands and how we engage consumers and build solutions versus then being able to uh, train people in their specific areas on raising their competence. And I think that last part has become increasingly important for, for two other reasons. One reason being that the amount of change at executional level is has never been bigger than, than ever before. So I think your ability to stay current now really depends on your ability to keep on learning. And at the same time, I think, especially in roles around content, around analytics, around media, there's just not enough experienced people to go around. So you do need to find a solution to either train those people in-house or to be happy to outsource a bigger part of what marketing does to an outside agency. That's a really interesting point, Mark. So in your experience and with all of the organizations that you guys work with at Cantor Consulting and in your work from the Marketing 2020 interviews that you did, you know, are, are organizations more willing to put in ongoing training programs and ongoing capability building programs to keep up with the marketplace or are they more willing and, and inclined to outsource to save themselves that hassle? Yeah, so I would say they probably do both. I think you see the whole space of the investment companies do in the learning and development of their people is dramatically increasing and it's growing very fast. And that has a lot to do, I think, with the various skill set you need these days. And, and as we discussed, the, uh, the ability to stay current and hence the investment needed in continuous learning. I think at the same time, depending on your organization, depending on your location, I think you might find it very difficult to attract the specialist you need and you might be better off to actually outsource that. Yeah, probably the most uh, common areas where, where companies find it very difficult to get the right talent is probably in the anal analytics space as well as in the user experience space. And even if they're able to attract the right talent, we literally have one client who said, we, we can't stop it. We, we attract the right talent, they come in, but then we are not able to clarify what their career path is. We're not able to clarify them, um, how we're going to invest in their continuous development and even worse, after a year, they turn around and says, look, I've made my contribution. There's nothing else for me to learn. Let me move on to the next organization. So in reality, it's probably a bit of both. Co companies being much more willing to invest in deepening the skills and areas they need, and at the same time being very honest, uh, especially overperforming companies, in selecting those areas they definitely want to keep in-house and outsourcing the rest. You can staff something up through various staffing models, but but someone's got to decide what the needs are. How does, say, a more traditional marketing executive uh, figure that out when, when they maybe don't know what they don't know? I think what we see is that the most successful companies are, are transferring, transforming themselves, trying to find a way to become much more customer and consumer oriented, and that's reflected in the way they organize and structure themselves. So increasingly, I think what you start to see is that you get a smaller pool of journalists either looking after the brand or looking after customer groups with an end-to-end -end awareness of where growth needs to come from, what initiative we need to grow, and a bigger part of marketing being organized, let's say, as flexible uh, pools of very skilled resources who can then form either very temporary or a little bit longer-term teams that can work then in, in a very agile way on, on the biggest opportunities. So there's something about executives looking for much more fluidity and flexibility and indeed focus and speed in the way to structure themselves, to allow themselves to, to tech quicker to, um, to where growth is. In the 90s, when I start, a typical marketing director, a typical VP of marketing used to be an amazing marketeer. He used to have a long track record of 
product development, brand positioning, extensions in geographies. He used to be the guru and the master of marketing. I think increasingly what you see is that is probably not the right profile to manage marketing anymore because it only goes so far to have a deep understanding of marketing in an environment where what we do in marketing changes so quickly, it might become way more important to have a strong ability to, to manage and inspire the team, to find the right and manage the right talent, and to become much better at, at allocating resources and set the right long-term direction, but then empower the teams to get to the very best execution. So I think for me, it's less about having an executive which has a crystal ball and can predict where growth will need to come from the next three to six years, and I think it's much more about setting up for um, an agile organization that can quickly adjust to either growth opportunities and scale them fast or that can um, yeah, ramp them down if needed. In my last role, which is a large global organization, when our lovely head of communications decided that we needed to go through a quote unquote digital transformation, it was a two year fight to get the board to agree that this was something that we needed to invest in. We finally tipped things into. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Where we could move forward was he did actually need to pack them all up and take them out to Silicon Valley because they were all traditional mm. marketers well into their years of their career. <laughs> Didn't really understand how digital was massively transforming people's lives. Um, and they, they needed to essentially spend three days with Facebook and Google and eBay and all of the tech giants out in Silicon Valley before their eyes were opened enough to say, if we don't change the way we're doing things today, we're going to be left so far behind. Have you seen how other organizations have managed to get that mind shift and that culture, that, that transformation to occur in their organizations? I would hope for all these senior executives to have teenage kids to keep them a bit grounded and to keep them a reality of uh, what role brands play in, uh, in, let's say, the next generation of consumers and how to engage with them. But uh, in case you haven't, I think one thing we found is that uh, all performing companies often do have some sort of reverse mentoring program. So they, they found a way to get their more junior talent uh, in a position to really coach their senior talent on specifically topics like this. Um, I would agree with you, probably uh, going on those type of safaris to immerse people is a big thing if your digital transformation hasn't started yet. I would like to think that most companies probably are on the journey of, of digital transformation and somehow have embraced the, uh, the notion. But what we then have seen is that a very important part is this notion of experimentation. I think to some extent in the newer areas where you want to grow, you probably need to be able to get rid of the mindset of doing constant validation 
and, and low risk taking. I think you need to accept that those areas are probably the areas where you do want to experiment and, re and want to invest your time in really understanding either upfront the need and defining what the opportunity is and then invest in, in literally uh, experimentation, A-B testing, getting a minimal viant solution out there and getting very frequent feedback. So I think what we see all performing companies do is set up units, but also set up experimentation funds to very diligently learn in a much faster pace than they would have done in the in the past. So maybe the combination of reverse mentoring and um, and having some sort of diligence shape or form of experimentation is then critical. What is interest, other interesting in your point is that it is often one function that leads the way, which often leads into your next silo. So before you know it, you've got in your organization a separate digital acceleration or digital part, and then you might be as far away from the future as you were before because you just created your new silo. If the future is all about fluidity and transparency about everything we know about consumers and using that to develop the best solutions and to market our, our offering, then having a, a separate silo which just looks at digital might be as dangerous as not doing it at all. If you take that uh, step, I think a critical step is also to find a way to really turn uh, your marketing team into one big marketing community, one big marketing team, rather than a traditional marketing team and a digital function. Mark, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head with, with that point about it. It's, it's all one big marketing function, not these, these silos. Um, digital is not a new thing in and of itself. It's not digital marketing versus you know, traditional marketing or analog marketing, which is awful term um, but rather it's just all marketing and and I think you know we from I think some successful uh, organizations who have been going through these digital transformations I think I think they've really adopted that principle but I think the key there is uh, also thinking about culture uh, and and actually the, the the point you made about experimentation uh, or a test and learn approach or a b testing you know, these these things you could certainly see it as a as, as practice, as methodology in some sense, a different way of doing, uh, doing business and developing products and services. But I think there's a cultural or almost philosophical aspect to that as well that, that underpins uh, successful transform transformation in this space. It's this notion of being willing to embrace the uncertain outcomes of experiments. Uh, and they might be tiny little experiments. They might be massive experiments. Of course, you need to think about sort of risk-reward trade-offs from my perspective and what I've seen with, with a number of organizations that, that we at Oxford have been looking at from, from a digital transformation standpoint. It's those who have sort of built this test and learn, not, not necessarily, you know, move fast and break things type of mentality, um, yeah. but even that company doesn't say that anymore, uh, but, but rather just this, the notion of let's, let's test stuff out. And, and it's okay if it doesn't work as long as we can learn something and we can have a systematic approach to, uh, to learning and improving. But, but to this point, the story I love is at Booking.com, uh, they're obviously constantly trying to optimize their offering. I think one of the things they've mandated is you can change whatever you want, but we want you to write down your hypothesis up front on uh, what you think the improvement will be. And interesting enough, in 70% of the cases, people are wrong. So their initial hunch is wrong, but they have experimented, they've learned, and they increasingly improve the offer. So experimentation is critical, and I think the willingness to learn from that is critical. I think the next thing that comes with it is to create an environment where indeed learning and life learning is more important than risk avoidance and validation. So we've worked with many insights departments 
we see a big shift in the way they are spending their money. So traditionally, I think a lot of uh, insights budget is spent either on continuous data or um, on validation research. But typically, just to optimize today or to look a little bit in the rearview mirror, I think increasingly what we see now is that more and more of that money is shifting towards behavioral data and to basically use analytics to better understand in the market what works and what doesn't work. So to really get a product out there and to then basically live test it. So I think if you are now a marketing executive, I think the most successful model you'll find is, is breaking that dilemma of global scale and local relevance. So you probably find yourself in a marketing community, marketing department with the vast majority of people sitting in local markets and the global team probably being smaller than it used to be. But then the ways of working typically revolve around uh, much more global common frameworks and a common way of doing things. And that empower the local team within that to then execute um, whatever works best. So you might find yourself with a global approach to uh, collecting consumer data, running the analytics, uh, an asset repository, fully empowering the local marketing team to set the right priorities for their brand. And from that asset database, basically use the assets they think would work best and learning in the market from real consumer feedback based on the analytics that globally has made available, what works and what's most impactful. I have to say, if I were starting out my career as a marketer today, I would feel somewhat overwhelmed because, you know, we're now saying that actually it's not about being generalist, it's, not a, it's about being specialist. So how do I choose which specialism I want to, I want to start off in? How do, I, how do I manage my career if, in fact, there's, there doesn't seem to be a need for generalists anymore? So if you were going to give a young marketer one piece of advice around how they should think about their career, what would you say, Mark? So ultimately, I think you want to look for something that really motivates you. But you probably do need to spend some time thinking back of those moments. You really worked in, with a lot of energy. You were really working in flow and to really figure out what is that. If you are in marketing, I think probably um, it has to come from two sides. Probably it has to come from a, a deep curios curiosity and a deep understanding of consumers uh, from a love of, of winning and being competitive and bringing some financial acumen, but also developing some uh, strong interpersonal skills. And I think beyond that, um, the great thing is because there is so much to learn and there's so much to do. And the good news is that although it takes 10,000 hours to master something as an expert level, the good news is that with 20 hours of dedicated deep learning, you can master something sufficiently. So I would not be too put off with closing down options. I think in the beginning for me, it would really be about finding an area that really excites you, that really gets you uh, up in the morning and then uh, spending enough time to dedicatedly learn about it and set yourself some, uh, some honest goals for the next 12 months, for the next 36 months and then keep evaluating them and then moving on to the next. I think if there's one notion that disappeared, it's this notion of long-term employment and vertical career advancement. I think it, it's much more these days around employability and, um, and gaining experiences which are valuable to yourself and, and to organizations. From my perspective, you know, as a professor at, 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 at a large university and, and um, overseeing the marketing curriculum uh, in a business school, um, mostly for MBAs and, and executives, you know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting the way we've thought about it because I, I came to side business school about three years ago and we decided let's, let's change the way that we think about 
how to teach marketing, what students need to know, and then uh, you know how do we build programs around that. And and from from what we've learned uh, so far, it's it, it in some sense aligned with what you're saying. It's like you don't need ten thousand hours. You you maybe need twenty to thirty hours of of something to to know enough to to not do too much damage, <laughs> and 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 to not be dangerous. But it it to to be able to ask the right questions, I think, is is the way we think about it. So. Uh, actually, for our sort of core foundational uh, courses in in marketing that that we uh, have all of our students take, we've we've sort of adopted this this uh, idea. Actually, I think from from marketing 2020 from from Cantar Consulting, which uh, is this notion of being a whole brain marketer. So having the left mm. brain and the right brain, the the sort of the art and the science, realizing that you you have to figure out how to orchestrate both sides and both uh, skill sets and perspectives. And then we, we have a whole program of electives that students can take if they want to specialize in things. So in some sense, we've got, I guess you could call it level one, foundational fundamentals, level two, specialization in things like social media or marketing analytics or branding or, or you know, so some newer topics, some older topics. And then we, we figure out a way to get the students to pull all that together with uh, experiential learning. So, so actually doing things, doing consulting projects or case study competitions even. Um, to, to put it into practice, but but I think the lessons we've learned in this, and we we do this also with with executives in in our executive programs, is you sort of got to have this balance of the the old and the new, the 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 fundamentals that we need to reinforce, but maybe recontextualize, and then the really new stuff. And it's it's where we we see with the really new stuff, it's really important to have people go beyond just a superficial understanding of what it is so that they can ask the right questions. So we don't expect any of our students or program participants to be expert data scientists, but we want them to be able to ask the right questions of data scientists or AI experts or you know, technical experts who are not marketers but doing things for them so that they you know, pragmatically don't, don't end up wasting time and money, but, but really are, are better buyers of these these services essentially thanks very much mark and andrew this has been a really interesting conversation is it sounds like moving forward um, you know if you're starting out in your career the most important thing is that you can be flexible and fluid in the way that you think about what skills and learning that you need to develop both at the beginning and over the course of your career and i think the most important thing is to have a mindset of that we're going to have to continually learn because technology is going to continue to change the world um, faster and faster as we move forward. But importantly, it all needs to be grounded in some fundamental understanding of what marketing is all about and what we're trying to do and fundamental understanding of consumers and markets. And then it sounds like from a senior leadership perspective, um, there's a new skill that needs to be developed in how you actually manage this collection of specialists to keep them all moving in the right direction in an efficient way and in a way that works for the business. Um, and at the same, and also at that level, making sure that you maintain a mindset of continually learning and continually updating your perspective and your um, skills so that you can lead the business forward as the, as the world changes. You've been listening to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School and Kantar. Find more episodes and related content at uk.kantar.com or at sbs.oxford.edu. Thank you.